Good morning. This is Joseph Cornelia from Blue Door Podcast. I'm hoping that you're having a great Tuesday so far or whenever you listen to this. Uh, I'll be talking about James again because James is awesome and see how much we get through. Um, But thank you for listening and I hope that this encourages you and I want to share a little something. So these episodes are almost a little bit for me (laughs) because when you teach something it becomes ingrained in your memory way easier so this is helping me like it may be helping you so thank you so much for listening i hope that this encourages you and be like uh, the thessalonians said in acts where they took all of paul's teachings and looked at all the scriptures and made sure it made sense or lined up with the scriptures so i'd encourage you to do that maybe with writing down uh, verses as we go and then looking them up later and seeing if it all fits thank you all right so this is more of so far just james 1 26 through 27 it's the last little part of uh, chapter one, and we'll be finishing chapter one, so that's pretty cool. And it took like four podcasts, which is kind of fun, but there's so much in these and so many parallel scriptures to these, which is awesome. But so here is 26 through 27, and it says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And just like even reading that last part, it like comes back to what Jesus said of like go into the world, but don't be like of the world. Like he gave one of his last commands in Matthew 28, 19 is go and make disciples of all nations. So he wants you in the world, but he doesn't want you as the world. You are his, you're adopted as his co-heir with Christ, and you're adopted as a son or a daughter from the father. So I think that's awesome because you're supposed to be in the world, but you got to be unstained. Don't let the world taint you let you live above uh, it starts with an R reproach I think that's in Titus and Timothy but so just like talking about religion like you can be religious and you can uh, have a religion that's pure and undefiled before God but um the first one though it's like you can be religious but if you don't do this I mean if you're religious and you do this which is the ton and James loves the ton so much because it's like it's such a powerful thing and so did Jesus Jesus talked about the ton a lot as well and I didn't find as many verses on that because I found verses on other things but 
you can go look into those if you'd like. Um, but religion is more of like a set of beliefs concerning the cause and nature and purpose of the universe, I guess. But also like, yeah, just like a belief. And so our religion may be Christianity. Um, uh, like we're just followers of Christ. We believe in Jesus and then take a step of faith in because we believe in him, we become what he wants us to be by like seeking him, seeking that relationship. And of course, loving others is what he commanded us to do. And it's also just an overflowing abundance of the love that he puts in us. It's uh, it's so awesome to see people just like loving others because they want to love others. It's awesome. But like religious, when I think religious, I think like traditions, uh, like no relationship. Because when tra- traditionalism, it takes out the relationship, makes it a routine. You do this because you have to. Relationship is you do this because you want to. And like nothing against Catholicism at all. I just think that like, especially for the olden church, it was pointed out to have a lot of traditionalism, especially by like Martin Luther's time period. And so like, it's just crazy. Like tradition or yeah, tradition can like sneak in kind of and kind of like destroy that relationship. It's, it's very sad though. But as we see in verses 27, religion isn't bad. It can be, or it can be pure and undefiled before God the Father. And then he tells you what that religion is. And it's to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And I think that's awesome because it's like, when you think religion, like Christianity is a religion. But what I like to say is it's actually more of a relationship. Because it's a relationship between you and God. And that's awesome. Nobody else can have that relationship that you and God have. And it's just amazing. It's so... Just so much love and stuff like that that he shows us. <clears throat> but I also wanted to talk a little bit about works because in um verse 27 it says like about the orphans and widows and their afflictions and like so we read a little bit earlier in 22 through 25 that we should be doers and not hearers that we should read the word take it into effect and go and live it out because like that's that's what Jesus was talking about like you will know my disciples by their by their love by their fruit that's like John 15 he talks about like I am the vine you are the fruit like it's it's such a good chapter I'd recommend it he also says in that one you are my friends if you do what I command I love that because 
he commands us to do things, love one another, love God. And like, and then especially like Matthew twenty eight nineteen again, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, that's amazing. <clears throat> but I have a few different uh, scriptures to go along with this. And I have Hebrews 10, 11 through 14. And it says this, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Like another part, especially verse 14, it's awesome that he perfected it for all time. Like, it's not a, there's no expiration date. It's for all time, which is awesome. And then it talks, like, the sacrifices in their tradition, what they had to do. Also, like, a lot of the time in Hebrews, I was reading it just a little bit earlier, but it says, like, Abraham was saved through faith. And I think that's awesome because, like, it's it's about the faith. You can do something day by day by day by day, but it's it's the faith that matters. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to find <laughs> the. Um, part where it talks about just like Abraham and how it was accredited as righteousness through faith but I am probably looking in the wrong book but that's okay but yeah so like it's they could have sacrifices every single day but it's like okay um and as we read you can never take away sins with like that sacrifice it's by the blood of Jesus and then you could ask like okay well then how did the Jews get into heaven or are there Jews in heaven because they followed sacrifice. And, I mean, me personally, in my opinion, I'd say yes. If they had faith in the sacrifice, that it would clean them. Because you're saved through faith, faith alone. And, I mean, <laughs> then it gets more tradition and God just wanted them so bad. He just wanted them just oh so so bad. He was trying to help them. There's a promised land. Um 
he was their king, but then they wanted a earthly king. And so he sent Jesus to unite all the people. But, I mean, Jesus also said he'd bring division. But by unite, I meant like Gentiles and Jews and Greeks or just whatever nationality or whatever. But it's just unification in the church, which is awesome. But here's another little verse about works. It says uh, in Galatians 3, 1 through 6. Oh, here it is. Okay. I knew it was. I knew I was in the wrong book. Um, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted as to him as righteousness. I think that's awesome. Just like, and even like the next part, seven to nine says, know then that in those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the man of faith. That's awesome. Like, it's like you're a fool if you think you can get into heaven by works. I really like saying it like this. Like, so you're saved by Jesus. And then out of that love comes the works and the kindness that you do. It's a outcome of your faith. It's not because your faith, then you do it. It's an outcome. You do this because you want to. The ultimate sacrifice was paid for you, and so you want to sacrifice for others. And I just, I love that. But the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, talks a little bit about works too. And it's 1 through 4. And First Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of man and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I, uh, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. I guess it's only three verses, but he really, really hits you with how important love is. And I love the little part as to, so as to remove mountains, because it kind of like, it's like a parallel to what Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. 
which I think is awesome. And I don't know if it would be actual mountains because I feel like there'd be a lot of mountains moving around because I know some people that have a very strong faith. But, like, I think it's more of obstacles. Like, keeping your eyes on Jesus in James 1, 2 through 4. And, again, when, uh, in verse 12. But, I love that. It's awesome. And it goes on to talk about love. And, it's just so cool because he really hammers it in. That if you don't have love... That if you don't have God in your life, because God is love. It's in First John. But if you don't have love in what you're doing, it's it's not going anywhere. You can do all the just like nicest things, I guess. Or you can do you can have I really liked it when I said, if I have all faith, but not love, then I, yeah. So it's not, like, about what you do. It's about why, kind of, you do it. And so if you're trying to live out the way that Jesus says to live out, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's life. That's awesome. And I like the last uh, verse 13 of verse Corinthians 13. It says, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. I think that's awesome. And like even going back to James. um, I'll read it all. But it is James 2, 14 through 26. And it's awesome. (laughs) And it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can the faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking the daily food, and one of them says, Go in peace and be warmed and filled, without giving them the needs of the, for the body, what, is good, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled, saying, Abraham believed, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the name, in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from the works is dead. So these intertwine them. I love that because it fits in with what he was saying earlier with be doers, not hearers. You can hear the scripture all the time and you can believe in it, 
but there's another act to it. There's putting it into practice, which is something that I'll get into later with uh, Romans 12, but it's kind of similar. But these intertwine them, and I love that because, like it says, you see, a person is not justified by works, is justified by works and not faith alone, and in the same way, like Rahab. But, like, <clears throat> sorry, like, Jesus is going to, like, cover you in your sins, but, like, it talks about every deed will come out. Like, all that is kept in the dark will be in the light, and so forth. Like, you've an all seeing God. He knows what you've done and knows what you will do, but it's, it's talking also about, like, your, what you do matters. Like, you are saved in Christ. But he, there's, there's a second part to that. You believe and then repent. Then there's a renewing of your mind to go through the transforming of your mind. Like, it's a journey. It's a faith walk. Like, I've done the lawn race and now I have the crown of life. Like what we had in James earlier. But this is awesome because it puts them together. It's like, it's so cool. He wants you, but he also wants you to live a life to the calling. And it's, I'll share another verse with you. It's Second Timothy uh, 1. 8 and 9 and it says therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of his prisoner but the but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began I love that it says he has a purpose but he has he has a purpose for you and he saved you and he's calling you and he has a purpose that he wants you to live out that's amazing that is like the coolest thing all right so now i have three more passages that i want to talk to you guys about because i said um caring for widows and orphans and their affliction like being unstained from the from the world. In verse twenty seven. But here is First Thessalonians five. Uh, we'll go twelve to twenty two. And it says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you abnon admonish you, yeah. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. 
encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. That little bit, by the way, kind of fits with our James verse. But then verse uh, 15, see that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. The evil for evil part also fits in uh, 3 John, I think, 11 and 12. Um, But seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And like I talked about in the intro a little bit about like Acts and the Thessalonians, this is awesome because it it says, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Hold fast what is good. Like the Thessalonians, I think, was which was awesome because whenever Paul taught, they would take the scriptures and kind of like a fact check. They'd go back and look them over and stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. That is what we should do. You shouldn't believe me just to believe me. You should check what I am saying and know by fruit which I think is awesome. But we will go into Matthew 25. And it is 31 through 46. It's about the final judgment. And it says this. When the Son of Man comes in all in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on the right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we go, when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will say, will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it for the least of my brothers, you did it for me. And then like 41 through 46 is like the opposite, and talks about how the goats will uh, go into hell and the sheep go into heaven. So I don't know. Do you want to be a goat? Greatest of all time? I'm just kidding. Um, Sorry. But that's awesome because it's like you did this for the least of my brothers. Like for the orphans and the widows and their affliction. You did it for the least of these people. Which I just think is awesome because it's another call to action of or another wake up call too of just being like alright what are you how are you living in your faith but here is um uh, we'll go Romans 12 9 through 21 And this kind of fits some of our James passage as well. 
Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. And this is like exactly like Thessalonians that we just talked about. Um, it's also a little bit of Galatians, but like 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Just like letting love be genuine. Genuine. And our James passages. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Another command of just like, okay, don't be a sloth, but like, go serve the Lord. But rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Like, that's awesome. Verse 12 there is like first first Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, kind of. And that's awesome. And it also, like with the patient in tribulation, James 1, 2 through 4. That's so cool. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it all to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I love that. That's such a good passage to end with. And I like what my Bible says, like above it kind of. It says, marks of the true Christian. Like this, First Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22. Um, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Um, James 2, 14 through 26. Just so much. So much. It's so good, though. I'd encourage you to go read into it more. But, like, it also talks a little bit about the ton in the James passage that we were looking at. And so I'll share one verse, and it says in James 3, 2, For we all stumble in many ways, but if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also able also to brittle his whole body. It talks about ships and horses and how powerful the rudder is and how the um oh oh yeah the bits in the mouth of the horse just to hold steer the whole ship and like how the mouth is like that and we'll like talk more about the ton probably pretty soon but it is a very powerful just like part of the body can bring a lot of hurt but also a lot of good like a funny little saying do you praise your mother like do you like when people cuss it's like oh you you kiss your mother with that with those lips just like (laughs) it's like do you 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 praise god 
with those type of words. I don't know. But thank you. Um, that was James 1, 26 and 27 with a ton of parallel scriptures. I hope that I encouraged you. I hope that this, uh, like I said a little bit before, I hope that this encouraged you and helped your day and that you go and can be a light to the world and an ambassador of Christ, which is a very high position we've been given and I hope that you live into it. Thank you so much for listening again. And I know that these help me and I hope that they help you too. But have a great day. And this is Joseph Cornelia from Blue Door Podcast, and God bless you.